Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome in once again to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing here on the Motor Racing Network. My name is Chris Wilner, and boy, oh boy, we had a lot of racing going on this weekend. As always, my co-host Kyle Ricky out from Connecticut at Stafford. Are you at Stafford or are you at home today? I'm home today. He's home. Okay. Killingly Connecticut, yeah. he is at home. We usually see you at Stafford because you basically lived there the past couple weeks uh, since SRX. So it's probably nice to be at home here uh, for once. Yeah, taking a little bit of a break. We uh, had our Monday night Wild Thing Cards program this week, preparing for just a, just a normal show on Friday night with the SK Modifieds and the late models, the SK Lights, the street stocks, and the limited late models. So going to be fun. I understand we have some special guests coming to the track uh, this week uh, on Friday night. Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. Chris Wilner, yours truly, will be making his first ever trip to Stafford Motor Speedway coming up on Friday. I am so excited. Kyle's been hounding me since I probably met you at some point to make it up there to Stafford, and I kept blowing him off. Not really. It's just it's a little bit of a ways out there for me, and I'm never really in that part of the country. But thanks to IMSA Sports Car Weekend being out at Lime Rock, which is about an hour and 40 minutes away, I'm going to have my Friday night free, and I'm going to go check out Stafford. So I expect that the red carpet's going to be rolled out, right? I should be there right now, actually, laying that red carpet yes. out. Yes. And getting the beverages ready up in the in the press box and Thank making you. sure you have a nice making sure you have a nice cushy chair. <laughs> I only expect the best. I want the uh <laughs> like like you know a, a typical, you know, on-air talent. I want my uh, red M&Ms only in a bag so pick out all the other colors. Uh bucket on ice uh full of beer ready to go for when when I get there. So No, I, oh, I get it. I get it. You'll have it Friday night. Don't no, worry. I'm just really excited to hang out with you and be a part of your element, right? We talk about Stafford all the time on the show and all the great racing out there. And it's one thing to watch it on flow or, or you know, on television on the case of SRX. But to see it in person, uh, I can't wait for sure. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, weather looks good. So uh, that's a plus. Racing's been great all year. This is going to mark the halfway point of our 2022 season. So it's um, going to be a good night. It was a band field of cars last week. We got to watch together at Mid-Ohio, and this week we get to watch together in person. I know, and not, well, you'll be working. I'm not going to be working, so it's going to be great for me, but it'll be a, a good time had by all, and it'll also be a little reunion, NASCAR Coast to Coast past and present. Uh, yours truly, obviously, the present, but Hannah Newhouse is going to be there as well. Her and I both will be at Lime Rock this weekend for IMSA, so it'll be cool to, for her and I to go venture over there as well, and you get to see your kids in the flesh uh, at your home there in Stafford. Not sure if Stafford Speedway is ready for this on Friday night. Well, they, they better be. So you've got a couple days to uh, work it out. All right, enough of that. We've got a great show for you folks uh, coming up this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast. Obviously, the guest of the week is going to be Jimmy Blewett, who, if you haven't paid attention, uh, won out at Wall Stadium Speedway this past week as part of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. We'll get to that in a little bit, but awesome to have Jimmy back. It's been 
it's been a season, I guess we could put it that way. Obviously, he's a legend when it comes to modifieds, but, you know, all the difficulties off the track, he had to miss a couple races, and then he hasn't really won in a while, so I think 2016, so it's good to see him back. I'm sure he's going to have loads to talk about coming up in segment number two with Jimmy Blewett. All right, but we always start off with our NASCAR Coast to Coast Top 7, our Top 7 winners of the week. Tons of racing as we now get into the heart of the summer months here in July. And uh, might as well kick it off, Kyle, with the driver we saw take the checker flag out at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. That is Taylor Gray, his second career Arc Menard Series win on the road course in what was, well, we a little bit of everything at Mid-Ohio. We had torrential downpours, we had standing water, we had a tire strategy, and ultimately a ruling that came down that ruined it for a couple of the top contenders. But Taylor Gray able to get the pass done on Chris Wright late in the race and get his second career win. Uh, you surprised about the success from Taylor here early on? No, I mean it's a it's a it's a team that has proven um, itself in in the the Arkham and Art series over the last several seasons in DGR. Taylor Gray has obviously proven himself. I think we would have seen a heck of a lot more out of Taylor last year if he had not been injured in that uh, car accident, that road car uh, private car incident, not on the racetrack. Um, doesn't surprise me. He's a good road racer. He's a good oval racer. Um, the set of circumstances that he was set to deal with on Friday was interesting, starting in the wet, ending in bright sunshine and dry racetrack. And everybody was guessing what to do at the halfway break. And um, it was it was an interesting race. It was fun to call here on the Motor Racing Network. And no, not surprised that Taylor was able to pick up the win. He is uh I think one of the stars of the future. Yeah, he certainly is. And he's only going to get better with age. Again, can't run the big tracks yet because right. he is still too young. So time will tell to see what kind of role he can get on uh, maybe in the next year or two once he gets to run the full schedule. Obviously, he's uh, full-time out in the E-Series. All right, Kyle, we've got our Coast to Coast Top 7. Number two, who we got? Well, it's going to be our guest today, Jimmy Blewett, picking up the uh, Jersey Shore 150 win for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, their return trip to Wall Stadium Speedway, Jimmy's home racetrack in New Jersey. Great race. Uh, 27 cars took the green. Not a lot of caution. The last time we were there three years ago, uh, we saw like 15 or 16 caution flags, just four. There was one for a, a 10 car pileup, but uh, for the most part, a clean event. Uh, great run for Jimmy winning in the famed seven New York for Tommy Baldwin Jr., a team that has been hot this year. I feel like no matter who gets in that race car, they find success. And uh, Jimmy was able to find success both on the outside lane and the inside lane. Two back-to-back -back restarts, uh, picked off the second spot using the outside, then picked off the race lead on a restart when he uh, was forced to go to the bottom. Great race car. He knows that racetrack better than anybody. And again, not a surprise that Jimmy was able to pick up the win on Saturday night. Yeah, whoever touches that 7NY uh, usually turns out to be a race winner. I mean, that's Tommy's fourth different win, three different drivers. I'm sure we'll ask Jimmy about it and uh, just kind of what kind of role they can get on here now that Jimmy's back behind the wheel. All right, my Coast to Coast top uh, seven, number four, I'm going to go, or number three, I should say, I'm going to go with Bobby Labonte. Yeah, you heard that right. Finally picked up an SRX when he's been trying in his ninth different start uh, with the series at a racetrack, Nashville Fairground Speedway, that also battled some Mother Nature, especially with the uh, Pro Late models that also were kind of the support series for that weekend. Uh, but again, winning at Nashville Fairgrounds, duking it out with the likes of Matt Kenseth and Greg Biffle. I mean, I, take me back to the you know NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Uh, and it was really cool to see kind of the old legends uh, surpass some of the youngsters, uh, including the hometown kid, Cole Williams, who uh, struggled a little bit in the feature, although he did win 
uh, his heat race. But Bobby won at Nashville Fairground Speedway more than 25 years ago in the Bush Series race out there in 1996. So pretty cool to see him get back to victory lane. An emotional, you know, victory as well. I mean, n- not so much that emotion, but more of just a relief that I can win again. Because we see him compete in the modifieds, but he's been close. Uh, hasn't touched victory just yet, but this was a big win for him. And, and Alan Bestwick, I think, at the end of the broadcast, had the 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 amount of days between that Bush Series win yeah. and last Saturday. It was like 10,000-something, I think, uh, between wins at Nashville. It was a, it was a great story, uh, something that we have seen a lot out of this year in, in the SRX four races run thus far. Another good run by Marco Andretti, finishing in the second spot. And now I'm hearing that uh, he may want to come over and play with the NASCAR boys more, looking at a possible Xfinity ride for Marco. Yeah, he dropped that in the post-race interview, thinking, well, if I can hang with these guys, I think I can hang with Xfinity. Well, pump the brakes, Marco. Let's uh, let's let's, yeah. let's figure out which ride here you're going to be in, what track. Maybe if you can find a short track, I think he'd be all right. But I don't think SRX cars handle quite like NASCAR Xfinity Series machines, so... May need to get a test session there, but I, I again, I'm a big Marco supporter. Um, just have always liked, you know, the the lineage of the Andretti family, and certainly he still wants to race. It may not be on a full time level in IndyCar, but I think he still has the competitive fire. So, be interesting to see what happens here. All right, Kyle Coast to Coast top seven, number four. Back to the New Smyrna Speedway down in Florida. The Southern Super Series were in competition. The Bash at the Beach 100. Full field of all the big super late model stars on the East Coast, including Mac Craig, Jet Nolan, Jake Garcia. But it was a familiar name going to victory lane. Uh, Brad May picking up the win. Some call it an upset. I don't know if it's an upset. I mean, he knows that racetrack so well. One of the winningest drivers at New Smyrna in, in the last several seasons. Uh, was able to pick up the win, hold off the best. Uh, another event that, no surprise, battled weather on Saturday night, uh, a lot of thunderstorms in the area, but they were able to get the, the race complete, and Brad May picking up the race win. Yeah, he's won World Series events down there, and you mentioned upset. I think the term upset, it's almost like uh, comparing to the world of Outlaws, right? You have the Outlaws versus the Posse. Well, the Posse in this case would be the local stars at each track that the Southern Super Series faces, and if you can topple the Bubba Pollards, the Jake Garcias, it's considered an upset, but you're right. Brad May has more career wins there than I don't think anybody else in the field so yep. not a shock, but it was cool to see him get his first Southern Super Series win. Bobby Spears, his car owner, his first Southern Super Series win. And that series is must-see TV this year. I think probably the most competitive field they've had over the last couple of years. Absolutely. And you mentioned all the big names there a moment ago, and it was a great field. I was there four races to go, I believe, Yep. here in this 2022 season for the Southern Super Series. And, and you're right, every time they take the green flag, it's uh, it's been must-see TV. Well, let's go back to Nashville Fairground Speedway and my Coast to Coast Top 7, number 5, Willie Allen. He runs the Rackley War Racing uh, wagon for the uh, late model series, and he won the Master of the Pros 150 at Nashville. Again, kind of a race that was in two parts due to Mother Nature, but it finally got going. Ran a little bit late into the night for some, but uh, was able to hold off some of the stars. Again, that's an iconic race at Nashville because it is a part of such a big weekend with SRX and not to mention $10,000 richer. And for Willie, I mean, it's it's kind of been up and down season for him, but to put Rackley War, his name, on kind of more of a national stage in front of a packed house at Nashville, that's the other thing about that weekend. I mean, everywhere SRX goes, it's packed, as you know, from Stafford. But a heck of a crowd that stuck around for the Master of the Pros race. Uh, it was cool to see Willie get a win. Yeah, great uh, at his home racetrack, obviously. Uh, another good field of race cars. Uh, Willie's been around for a long time. You know, he's dabbled in 
NASCAR's National Series before returning to the local level at Nashville Fairgrounds and uh, won the event the other night. Uh, good for Willie to do it in front of probably what will be the biggest crowd of the season at Nashville Fairgrounds Raceway. All right, Coast to Coast Top 7, number 6. Kyle, we're going to the dirt out at Houston's. Yes, and Ryan Bernal picking up uh, his first sprint car win uh, held off the likes of Justin Grant and Brady Bacon, drivers that are talked about so much. He's been trying more than a decade to get this win. Uh, so congratulations to Ryan picking up that USAC sprint car win just a couple of nights ago at Houston's. Yeah, picked up one of the preliminary night wins after leader Mitchell Moles flipped, and then Mitchell Moles came back to win the big payday, the sprint car feature on Sunday night, uh, wrapping up the USAC Nationals. But really, really cool uh, opportunity for Mitchell. Cannon McIntosh picked up the big midget win. He's been red hot as well. So if you're following along the dirt side of things, obviously it's all on flow racing. Uh, a lot of competitiveness out on the USAC trail as well. Uh, they're in action this week as well. So pretty cool uh, to kind of see them hit their stride here in the summer months. Okay, to wrap up our Coast to Coast Top 7 with number 7, I'm going to go with Gabe Brown. Won his first mm -hmm. career super late model race at Oxford Plains in the run-up to the Oxford 250. This was the past series, the Pro All-Star Series. He was the 2018 track champion, but never won a race there. He finally gets it done. Uh, first time since 2017, actually, that he's won a race out there. Uh, and the top three were like two-tenths of a second apart. So, I mean, it was a close field throughout. And uh, Kyle Oxford Plains, legendary racetrack up there in New England, uh, puts on a good show. I think we're starting to build that anticipation toward the 250. Yeah, I was just going to say, home of the Oxford 250, uh, a race that everybody looks forward to here in New England, uh, whether you're down in southern New England as a modified fan or up in northern New England where the Pro All-Star Series and the American Canadian Tour are more present. Great race this past weekend. Congratulations to Gabe. I know he's been trying so long to get that win. He said it was just as big, if not bigger, than that winning that championship based off of consistency four years ago. And like you mentioned, never won a race, but uh, was able to finally get that first checkered flag this past weekend. All right, congratulations to all our winners for Coast to Coast Top 7. Of course, when we post this show, you can always comment on the post or like it and uh, let us know who your Top 7 should be for this coming weekend. Again, a whole host of races as we get to the calendar coming up in segment number 3. All right, we wrap up our recap of the week with our shout-outs of the week. And as always, it's hard to pick just one. I'm going to go with two to start off with one driver and one racetrack. I'm going to start off with... Obviously, Parker Kligerman that we watched win the Camping World Truck Series race. Again, not necessarily a NASCAR Roots event, but the fact that Parker is a part-timer and he's a colleague of ours on the broadcast side doing TV work for NBC, gets behind the wheel with the little team that could out of Abington, Virginia, and Henderson Motorsports, gets the big win over Zane Smith in clean but dramatic fashion. I emphasize the word clean because I think lately we've talked about the trucks and even ARCA you know, a lot of bump and runs, a lot of these kind of aggressive moves, and I think you didn't see that in the truck race, and it was refreshing to watch an all-out dogfight between two really good race car drivers, but it was a clean affair. Nobody dumped each other, uh, and for Parker to get his second career win and to do it at a road course of all places, uh, pretty cool for him. And my other shout-out of the week, I'm going to give it to Jennerstown Speedway. And all right. it's hard for racetracks in this economy, in this day and age, to do things for free. But to celebrate yep. their big win for the Advance My Track Challenge that uh, the Advance Auto Parts put on and NASCAR Roots put on, the $50,000 that they won uh, a couple weeks ago, or actually last month, they offered free tickets this weekend to any race fan who wanted to come out and watch their weekly program. And I think that is so cool for them to do that. Um, obviously, the $50,000 that they get kind of goes toward track renovations and things like that. 
but to open up the stands free of charge uh, for race fans to take a look and, and, and to celebrate that win, I think was really, really cool. Uh, nothing's free in this day and age. And I think a sh- huge shout out to Jennerstown uh, to give fans free tickets to watch their local programming. Obviously, one of the legendary racetracks, the Wheel of Modified Tour goes there. Uh, really cool to see that. All right, Kyle, who's your shout outs? All right, I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Krause, part-timer on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Tied his best finish this past Saturday of a fourth-place run at his home racetrack, Wall Stadium Speedway, a uh, track that he knows well as he is from uh, Homedale, New Jersey. So congratulations to Andrew, still looking for that first win. A pair of top fives on the tour. He's been running part-time for years and uh, scored a top-five effort this past weekend. In fact, he was leading most of the uh, mid-portions of the race until Jimmy Blewett got by him to take the top spot. We'll talk with Jimmy here in a little bit. And then I want to go across the pond to the NASCAR Wheeling Euro Series, uh, the highs and lows of motorsports, Gianmarco Ercoli, a driver that uh, we've talked a lot about on this show over the years, uh, had a left front flat tire go down in Saturday's race, ended up in the sand trap, finished 23rd, I believe, well outside of, of the top 20, Came back the next day to pick up the race win. So uh, the highs and lows, Giammarco, right now out of the championship run, uh, eighth in points, but still a couple of weekends left. Uh, the NASCAR Wheeling Euro Series runs double headers. They're back in action at the Czech Republic in September. So uh, congratulations to Giammarco uh, picking up that win on Sunday after having to put the car back together after uh, an incident on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's a team effort for sure to get that car repaired and him to get back to victory lane. Awesome stuff. All right, final order of business to take care of before we visit with the one and only Jimmy Blewett. It is our go or no go segment of the week where we debate a topic. I had a couple. We're going to put some on hold for some of the shows coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, but one that applied directly to the races we saw out at Mid-Ohio, in particularly the Arc Menard series was the tire rule come into effect? Now, don't forget, this was the second time ever in the Arkham Menard series that we had to run slick tires due to wet weather or due to rain. Uh, one time last, or actually in 2020 at Daytona, and the previous time back in 2010 at Palm Beach. So it's been a while for a lot of these teams. And basically what happened was, is you're allowed to t- change from slick tires to wets or wets to slicks. But in the case yep. of the two rev racing drivers who put on slicks as the track began to dry out, they worked their way through the field, a late caution came out, they came down and put four fresh slick tires on, the general tire slick tires. Well, according to the rule book that was added two years ago, you cannot go slicks to slicks. You can not You can only make one tire change uh, at the break. So in turn, they lost two laps on pit road, and they lost the race. Kyle, what do you think about the Arc Menard's tire, tire rule that was put in effect two years ago? Do you like this? Because any other NASCAR series we cover, you come down pit road, typically teams, you know what? If you catch a lucky caution, you can change tires. Four fresh rubber could really help you. But in this case, it hurt Rev Racing. What do you think? Well, when it was happening live and we were covering it live uh, on here on MRN, I didn't like it. I was confused. And I think many of us were because, like you mentioned, we have never seen this before. Uh, we've never started an event in the full wet then change over to the slick tires because the track dried out. Then we got another late race caution flag and there was an additional tire change that apparently uh, was against the rules. And and some teams knew others did not. And I'm still, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like it because it's a cost cutting measure. Uh, We don't need these ARCA teams spending more than they need. And and if you gave them an, an extra set of tires, it's an extra, what, 1200 bucks or more uh, these days. So 
I, I, I like the rule at the time I was confused. I get it. It, it kind of ruined the race. Um, it, it, you know, for, especially for the rev racing guys, we had talked so much about, uh, Nick Sanchez and Raja Karuth coming up toward the front, starting the second half at the back of the field on slicks, waiting for the others to be forced to pit road to get slicks, to make their way to the front. And then they went and changed tires under a caution. Um, I like it ultimately uh, because of the cost cutting measure. I think it just caught a lot of people off guard. I'm going to go no go Kyle. And because I think there's some strategy involved with those who save their sets of tires. Again, just like the NASCAR national series, Arkham Menards teams are set to have a certain, uh, a certain amount of tires in their pit stall. It's yep. not your fault. If you have an extra set left over, you're not going out and buying another one. And maybe that again, that goes to the cost cutting effectiveness. But if you have that extra set of slick tires, then you played the strategy game or you, you know, came out ahead in terms of saving your equipment. Why not be able to use those sets of tires? And I think that's what Matt Butch was kind of arguing the crew chief for Nick Sanchez was the fact that we had the set of tires. I asked for clarification, didn't get any, changed them because, well, you got to make a decision at the moment. And then unfortunately the rule, you know, they enforced the rule after the fact. So, Again, rules are rules. I'm all for following the rules. And so, you know, unfortunately, that hurt Rev Racing. But I don't like the rule because I feel like it should be limited to as long as you don't go use an extra set that goes outside the tire allotment that is set for that weekend. If you have four sets of tires that you have and you use three, but you still have a fourth ready to go, then you should be able to use it. So it's tough. And it'll be debated, I'm sure, with the Arkham Menard series next time we have this wet weather deal. And maybe if the rules get amended a little bit to allow uh, a situation like that to occur. But it was a shame because the strategy called to take slick tires that those top five drivers did and the rest took wets was such a good move at the time. Uh, It's a shame that it hurt two of the front runners. Uh, But for Taylor Gray, you know, he did the same decision, but didn't change tires and ended up coming out with the win. So uh, we'll debate this, I'm sure, down the road next time we have a wet weather race, but uh, certainly interesting uh, to decipher. And it was a big penalty. I yeah. mean, two laps. It wasn't just, all right, you're going to start the end of the longest line or something like that. It was like two laps on a, you know, two-mile-plus road course. You're never going to make that up. And not with, you know, what were there, like eight laps left in the race. It was the last caution of the event. Right. So I think maybe even less than that. So um, a, a huge penalty. Yeah, I, you know, I think about it more and more. I'm, I'm kind of with you. If they're allowed to have the tires in their pit box, they should be allowed to use them. Um, yeah, I guess I don't understand the whole you can't you can't change slicks to slicks, but you can change wet weather tires to slick tires, but only do it once or have one tire change. Um, but ARCA, and we've noticed this the last couple of seasons, uh, ARCA has different rules, mainly because of cost cutting, uh, than what we are used to in NASCAR's national series. So something we have to adjust to and something I guess teams have to adjust to as well. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on things as they continue down the road. The Arkham Menard series off this weekend, but on the flip side of the break, coming up next, the one and only Jimmy Blue at the big winner with the NASCAR wheel and modified tour out at wall stadium speedway, his home track joins us on the line coming up next on NASCAR coast to coast presented by flow racing. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. 
Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. <laughs> and joining us on the phone here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, it is the big winner for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour this past weekend out at Wall Stadium Speedway, his home track, Mr. Jimmy Blewett. Jimmy Thanks for joining us here on the show. Congratulations on the big weekend. I can't imagine what it was like for you and your family, but walk me through the emotions of not only winning again at Wall, which you've done, you know, some 80 odd times, but to do it with the tour this year. Well, there, there was a lot of emotion, uh, more so for, for I feel my team and my family because of the situation that we were, we had to deal with, um, about uh two months prior with my daughter you know uh becoming ill you know and um we had a whole season planned out here of what races we were what we were going to do with tommy we had a we had a pack schedule and um you know the good lord had other plans you know and we we ended up you know being in the hospital for for over a week with my daughter and um that kind of changed the whole course you know direction of what what i could do and what I really wanted to do and needed to do for my family. So um, I took some time off and everybody basically knows that Tommy and his guys prepare, uh, you know, winning equipment, you know, um, luckily enough, we were able to get Doug to fill that void for me. And he parked the car in victory lane twice. Michael Christopher, who's also my teammate and Caleb Haiti. He, um, both of them guys have won in the car as well. So, you know, I was kind of the guy that was left, uh, and, and had won uh, an actual race. We won the championship in the beginning of the year down in Florida for speed weeks. We had awesome momentum from the end of ending of last year all all the way through until uh, you know until I stopped running, you know, with my daughter getting sick. So um, it was it was just something that uh, you know you're sitting home watching the car win, watching the car win, and you know I never doubted myself or, or Tommy or the guys or, or anything for that 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 part but you know it, it was it, it was like something a weight lifted off your back per se you know just to be able to get there and you know be comfortable right out of the trailer I was comfortable for, you know from the time they unloaded the car and I sat and I said man I feel good in this thing again you know we went out for practice and um we were concentrating on our long run speeds not on our short run speed and uh right before time we put what we needed in for that little boost for time trials we timed up front and um that ultimately put us uh where we needed to be as far as uh to control our own race what made you work on long run speed because it's a track that you don't get a lot of long runs but you did on saturday night i mean the race opened up with a 63 lap 
green flag run before we saw the first caution, and there were only four of those during the race. Well, Wall, Wall, Wall Stadium is a unique is a unique racetrack. It's it's like no other track that I've you know I have run in, in my career. There's not one place I can say, oh, that's just like Wall. You know, you, you compare it to there. You know, you you got to really get the car to rotate the center so you don't hurt yourself. You know, up off, and you don't ultimately burn the car up by by trying to uh, muscle it through the center of the turn. So. We knew once we we uh, we had the drive that we needed. If we could keep that drive and, and get the car, ro- the the car's rotation um, to where we wanted it, we knew we we would ha- have everything that we need to to, to win the race. You know, um, but there was a lot of good cars there. You know, you had Matt Hirschman, Andrew Krauss, two-time champion at the at the local track there. You know, um, him and his family. You know, put this event on with NASCAR. You know, which is which is great for us. You know, he was there, uh, Ronnie Silk, all, you know, all the best of the tour, you know, were there. So uh, it wasn't easy by any feat, but uh, Tommy and the guys giving me the car that they give me um, makes it easier for me to do things like that. What is it about Wall Stadium Speedway that is so special to you and your family? I mean, we know it's your home track, but what makes that place special and, and, and what sets it apart from maybe some of the other tracks, you know, the tour visits? Well, it's, uh, it's your home, it's your home track. It's, it's, uh, you know, you always want to, you always want to be the best at anything you do, but when, when you're home and you're winning at home, you're, you're that guy, you know, per se, you, you know, you're, maybe you can say bragging rights, whatnot, but, uh, you know, well, there's a long history at, at our local speedway. Guys like Ray Everham come out of there, Martin Truex Jr., you know, uh, it's probably got one of the longest lasting uh, annual races each year with the, with the Turkey Derby, you know? So um, it's just, it's just a special place. You know, it's one of them places where for me, every time I go there, I get that feeling of, of wanting to win. You know, it's a place you grow up as a kid. And like I said, in in some earlier interviews, you know, you stand down by the fence and you're holding on the fence and you watch, you know, back in the day, your your favorite driver pull out with his open face helmet on and wave to you and smile at you. You know, it's just uh, it's a unique place. It's uh, it's where I grew up. It's where my family brought me as a child there into Egypt Speedway, and um, it's uh, it's where I want to basically end my career. Let's go back to the race on Saturday night. Uh, take us through that pass for the lead and, and ultimately the win on Andrew, I guess it was a late race restart, uh, just a couple laps to go. You restarted on the bottom, Andrew restarted on the top side. You had gained some spots in the prior restart in the outside lane. Was there any concern about having to go to the bottom? Not necessarily because my car was, my car was rolling the bottom so good all, all night long. You know, I was just really riding just, just after, little over half throttle riding, riding, conserving tires, and the car was rolling the bottom so good. You know, I tried the top a few times to feel that out to see exactly what that was going to feel like. So, you know, when I had to make a move on somebody to cross them over or even go to the outside, and uh, they had been putting the traction compound down at the track. So I knew when my car turned as good as it did on the bottom, it was definitely going to be bad fast on the top with my prior experience at the, at the speedway. So, um I just felt that if I didn't go until Matt Hirschman went, in my eyes, he was going to be the guy to beat. Them guys that drove past me in the beginning of the race, go for it. Burn it down. 
you know, because Matt's that guy that's always, he's that sleeping dog. He, all of a sudden he's riding around, he's 15th, 16th, and all of a sudden it's 20 laps to go and he's eighth. It's 15 laps to go, he's third, right? 10 yep. laps to go, he's leading. And then he just checks out and goes away, you know? So my main concern and focus was ultimately on Matt because of his past history at the track and um, just his, his drive to be there at the end of every race. So um, it was about 50 to go. And I felt like he really didn't have that car that he normally has there. So I said, all right, let me start picking off some cars. And I got by him and I went to get by Justin and I, I bottomed out and slipped up a little and was able to get back by Justin. And um, I wasn't pressured after I got back by Justin because I just felt in my heart that we're running the leaders down, but there's definitely going to be that late race caution there. There usually is. And that was what I was banking on and, and betting on. And it, and it, and it happened. So um, that was something that, uh, that we needed and we got it. And uh, we had saved enough car to where even at the end of the race, I still wasn't at my full potential. You mentioned, you know, at the top of this interview about the difference of 2022 from when it started to where we are now, and obviously family comes first, but when you had those times off with your daughter dealing with all that's been going on in the hospital, watching the 7NY race and the, and the wins it got between Doug Kobe and, and Mike Christopher Jr., did did it did you I mean how'd that make you feel like were you itching to get back or or were you taking it day by day I mean walk us through what that's like because certainly you go into a season with a plan and that plan kind of got turned upside down a little bit. As a racer, you're always going to have that feeling of wanting to win and uh, and that competitive feeling inside, but that feeling was totally washed away by you know my heart, my feeling for my daughter and, and my family and my wife and everybody just, you know, being at home, being sad, not knowing what's going on and, and, and trying to figure out what, you know, what we needed to do to get her better, you know, but, uh, watching them guys and watching that car win, it, it didn't really hurt for me. Like, you know, some people are like, Oh, you know, everybody, you know, I, I got a million phone calls. Oh, are you out? Are you out of the car? Oh, I heard it. So-and-so's driving it, which none of that ever, changed course you know i was genuinely happy for doug and 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 doug was genuinely happy to to fill in and help out and 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 it's led to something a little more for him you know to get some more races in and help us with our uh with our run at the at the owner's championship for tommy and his team you know tommy this is a whole team effort and i can't stress that part of it enough it is collectively between caleb Mike Christopher Jr., Doug Kobe, and myself, we are all team players. We all want the other guy to win just as much as we want to win. When I win, those guys text me. When they win, I text them. We all text each other back and forth. Good luck. Go get them. You know, and what's, what's really nice about having all the other drivers is we do have, we do have a lot of feedback in our corner as far as, you know, Doug's, Doug's feedback, you know, champion, champion driver, my feedback, you know, Mike's and, uh, and, 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 and now Caleb, you know, so, um, all across the board, um, it's, it's a good feeling to just be involved in such a, in, in such a, a great organization and, uh, and group of guys. So, um, it, in a way you sit back and say, man, I, 
I, I worked all the way up to that point. You know, you see, it goes right out in my favorite tracks, right, right to Riverhead. I love the place, you know, and wins the race. But there'll be more races. There'll be more races, and uh, and we're gonna win more races from Riverhead, where, wherever we want to go. So, um, I'm just glad that my my daughter was able to make a a, a full recovery and is uh, back to good health, and um, we're back to uh, back to victory lane. And we are all very thankful yes. for that. My 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 final question for you is about this pairing with Tommy Baldwin. The Baldwins, the Bluets, two racing families that have seen the highest of highs and, and the lowest of lows this sport has to offer. How did it come together? And, and it obviously is is something pretty magical right now. You know, last year I um I had reached out to to Tommy to do the Islip 300 at Riverhead. I actually didn't even reach out to him. I, I I wanted to be a part of the race. You know, Eddie Partridge is such a huge part of my life and my family's life as as a friend, as a car owner, as a mentor, as as just somebody that was just all around a leader for for me. You know, anytime I needed something, he was there, and I wanted to be at the races at that race for him and support him you know and um i didn't have a car at the time i had sold sold majority of my asphalt stuff you know and i i asked everybody i asked even the guys that had two cars knowing they had two cars seeing them i got the no no i don't have anything no i don't have anything and i got home the the one night there and it was getting right down to the end and i i said to my wife i said you know you know, I, do you think I don't have it? Like, do you think that's that the reason why I'm not, you know, they're not letting me drive? And she says, no, they don't want you to drive because they don't want you to beat them. That's why. And then if you beat them in their own car, it's going to be worse. So um, I said, I'm going to do something that I, that I, that I normally do not do. And I'm going to go online and I'm going to put it out there that I'm looking for a ride. And uh, not even, I could say not even two minutes later, Tommy called. He said, take that, take that off, <laughs> take that offline. <laughs> you're coming with me wow. in true Tommy fashion in true Tommy fashion just take that down I got you don't you worry about that and uh, so that led to the North South shootout the week before he said you know what he says uh, why don't we go to the shootout and just get a little warm up in you know he says I don't have a ton of guys but you know bring your truck trailer some guys down and we'll just let's just get uh, get things going maybe we can gain a little momentum going right into it and and we did you know we 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 almost pulled it off. We had, had a strong second to, to Matt Hirschman and his guys. And then uh, we went the next week up front the whole entire race and, uh, you know, running second. Felt we had a shot to win with a few few laps to go, uh, got turned. But uh, that's basically how it started. You know, Tommy and my family have been friends since I was in diapers. You know, my mom babysitting Tommy, keeping an eye on Tommy in the grandstands for his father when his father was at New Egypt Speedway racing. You know, him growing up with my brother and my older sister in the grandstands and, and you know, and in the pit area and whatnot. You know, he's, he's a guy that uh, throughout my whole life and career, if I ever needed anything, just anything, general advice, advice with the car, business advice, he, he's always the one that you can lean on and, and uh, he's going to give you, and anybody knows him, he's going to give you his honest opinion, you know, whether you like it or not. So um, he's been, he's been great to me. He, he, he's very open to what I feel and what I think and, and what direction I want to go with the car when I'm in the car. And uh, I think that's huge for chemistry as a team. You know, when you have a guy that believes in you, 
I mean, he believes in me like I'm this, you know, 20 year old superstar that's just coming up the ranks. And, and, and that's, that says a lot, you know, and it makes you feel good as a driver knowing that you have not only himself, but his whole team that feels that way, not only by you, but your, your fellow uh, teammates too. So um, what he's got going on right now is something special that he's doing, uh, winning all the way across the board with all different drivers. It just shows that his, uh, his desire to win and his hard work and, and long hours in the shop or uh, all these years are, uh, are, are paying off for him. Well, it's awesome, uh, especially just because it seems like anybody who's touched that race car, uh, it turns to gold and, and they turn out to take a checkered flag. So really cool that you were the latest one to do so. Uh, I have to ask you, too, it's been fun to follow your career um, for a long time, and obviously you still race in, in memory of your brother, John. Your father was a racer. But how about your son, James, now? 14 years old, getting behind the wheel. Are there plans for him to be the third-generation modified ace out of the Blewett family or what? He can do what? Ever his little heart desires i oh. can tell you that he uh he is he is a special he's a special kid and he's got a lot of talent behind him you know uh i raced him early on when he when he was younger he stopped for a little bit because he wanted to be a kid which is fine you know and uh we got back into it a little bit again and he did very well again and then you know, I just felt like, hey, we're getting close to where you can drive a full full size car. Let's get into that. You know, I've I've taken him testing with, you know, a few times already so far with the car and he showed very good speed and he's he's been very comfortable. But the thing I admire about it the most is every time I go when we leave at the end of the day, are you ready to go race this week? And he says, Dad, I'm not ready to be out there with them guys. I don't want to wreck anybody else's equipment. I want to be out. I need to be out here and I need to learn a little bit more before I get out there. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that just jumps in it just because you can. So, um, I, I really respect him for that, you know, at, at a young age thinking that way. Um, so we're, we're, we're planning on testing a few more times, hopefully hit uh, evergreen raceway, which is a local track to us in Pennsylvania where he's able at his age to run. And, uh, you know, they've been, they've been grooming a lot of good young drivers out of there, lately there in Mahoning Valley Speedway. So we're going to try to get him to either one or hopefully both of them before we uh, head out to North Wilkesboro early next month. That's so awesome. It's got to be special for you, too, to get to share this with him, just like you shared racing with your father, right? Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I, I, I honestly never thought that he would that it was going to be the path that he wanted to choose because early on when he was winning with his go kart, um, he started to notice how people change when you win races, and uh, you know he wasn't ready for that as a little kid. You know, we all know how it is when when you start winning and you start winning week after week. You know, people get sour, and uh, for him, he didn't understand why they were acting like that. So that kind of is what pushed him to stop doing it. I feel, but, uh, now he's, now he's older, he's understanding and he understands it's, it's what it's going to be. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta look past that and look at the bright side of it. And, um, you know, uh, it, it is, it is when you see him out there racing, like when I went to, to test with him the first time, you know, we first time we went out on the track, it was, it was him and I, I, I brought a, you know, one of my customers cars, my, my good friend, Ryan Fisher, who, uh, who, who owns one of the modifieds that I drive down here. He uh, he said, "Hey man, take my take my crate car and go out there with him and and have a blast, you know." So it was funny because I went around the track and uh, he was behind me and I said, "All right, um, I'm going to start to pick it up now." And they're like, "Okay, he's uh, half back." So now I'm like half throttle, three quarters throttle, still half back. Now I'm like 85 percent. He's on your bumper. Looking on, looking low, looking low. Now you're like 90%, and you're still not shaking this kid. It literally took me full bore 100% to 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 be able to get away from him, and then to watch him the rest of the day out there with 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 a few friends of mine, and then even following him. It's uh, it's just hard to believe on uh, how these young kids pick up now on the racing with with between eye racing and. Uh, and just getting into it so young now, you know, when I first started and my brother, you know, we ran go-karts and ultimately moved up from the go-karts to the full-size car. We never really had that where you could go race at 14, you know, it was just, you had to be 18 to race. So, um, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And, um, I, uh, I, I think he's going to have a really bright future if it's something he wants to do. If he doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to be mad at him. He could go to the next few races and, look at me and say hey dad i don't think this is for me but either way we're gonna have a good time that's awesome and maybe one of these days we'll have him on the show as well that'd be pretty special uh i know last but not least i know you're not going to new hampshire you're gonna stay local what is the schedule for you over the next couple weeks uh fans can keep tabs on you right now i uh i'm waiting for a couple dirt motors from bob burnell soon as i get my dirt motors in i'd like to to get out to bridgeport speedway and run my run get my dirt program going i've been waiting all year long to, to get out there it's something that i really enjoy doing running the dirt it keeps you sharp and um and we love doing it and uh if i get my motor it within the next week or so you'll see me there but this weekend we'll be at wall stadium the following week we will be at wall again for 100 lapper and the week after that we will be at Riverhead Raceway for the uh, Baldwin Jazanback Memorial 77 Lapper. So um, that'll be our next three weeks, and then from there we will uh, we will head on out to uh, North Wilkesboro. Well, sounds like a plan. Appreciate your time, Jimmy. As always, congratulations on the big win, and uh, best of luck as we continue to march down the road through uh, through the season. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks to all the fans that. Uh, that reached out after, after this weekend. Uh, I, I didn't realize how many people really kept tabs on me or, or, or were paying that, that close of attention, you know, having everything on flow sports right now 
really, really makes it good for our sport being able to to watch all the races, even though some people can't get there. And I just want to say thanks to everybody for for all the uh, all the support that they showed. Awesome. Well, congratulations again, Jimmy Blue, your big winner. NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour out at Wall Stadium Speedway. Coming up next, we've got the calendar on the flip side of the break. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Just heard from Jimmy Blewett. And boy, Kyle, what a great interview. What a great driver. What a great gentleman. Uh, certainly a big win for him. And like you said, things change, you know, throughout the season. And certainly glad his daughter's okay. But it didn't stop him from just jumping back in the seat and getting a win. That was pretty cool. No, and he's a great character in the pit area. I was able to visit with him a couple of weeks ago when he raced up in an open modified event at the Stafford Motor Speedway. And just... A fun, great guy to talk to in the pits. Was so happy to be able to be back at the racetrack uh, competing for race wins. He did well at Stafford and obviously a week later uh, went to victory lane at his home racetrack at, at the Wall Stadium. Look forward to seeing him at uh, many more modified events throughout this uh, 2022 campaign. And also great to hear his daughter is back to 100% as well because I know uh, it was a rough road there. Uh, earlier this season absolutely good news all around all right final segment of the show it is our go with the flow calendar race fans get those pens and pencils out take some notes this is the lineup coming up here as we get into the middle of the month of july and we just mentioned jimmy blewett not going to be here this weekend but we'll kick things off with the nascar with a modified tour back-to-back -to -back weeks again this time the magic mile new hampshire motor speedway it's only stop of the year out there at new hampshire the wheel in 100 uh, ben, we've been running this race since the tour started back in 1990. Saturday, 6 p.m., again, on Flow Racing. Kyle Ryan Priest has entered the defending winner, and so is one guy named Corey LaJoy. How cool is that? Yeah, and Corey LaJoy coming off, obviously, a big weekend uh, a couple of days ago at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, leading the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series race. He uh, He's been on the front row before for the Spring Sizzler at the Stafford Speedway, so he has some experience behind the wheel of a modified I know he loves to watch the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at New Hampshire. It's kind of their Daytona or Talladega, watching those cars draft up the front stretch and the back stretch and the slingshots. I think I counted 52 lead changes there once in a 100-lap event. It's a great race, and I know he wants to be a part of it, and uh, why not? Um, you know, it's going to be a, obviously a one-off deal for him with the cup cars running on Sunday. Six o'clock following the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. It's going to be a busy weekend at the Magic Mile. Sadly, it's the only visit of the 2022 season for the Modifieds in New Hampshire. Uh, it was a track that years ago they would race that three, four times a year. But just because of the way things are scheduled now, uh, only time you get to see them at the Magic Mile. So if you're up here in this part of the country, get up there on Saturday for a full day of racing. And if you can't, Flow Racing, the place to watch it. I know that's what right. I will be watching when I'm up at Lime Rock and taking part in Stafford as well this weekend. Uh, again, Justin Bonsignor, Ron Silk, uh, Donnie Lee is gonna is entered as well. So the usual names are entered, but it'll be interesting to see how Corey LaJoy stacks up. And as well as Ryan Priest, can he go back-to-back -back yep. there as well? Big-time modified racer up there at New Hampshire. Also on the calendar for our Go With The Flow segment, NASCAR Penny Series back at it on the streets of Toronto Exhibition Place. That is the Grand Prix of Toronto, partnered with IndyCar, a very special weekend that we get to have NASCAR Pinties and IndyCar on the same weekend. Their race Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, again on Flow Racing. And Kyle, 
You mentioned a street race with the Pinty series. I bet you some fenders are going to be flared and some feelings are going to be hurt. Always. And they have a good entry list. 25 yeah. cars, uh, except to take the green flag, Mark Antoine Cameron, the current championship point leader by just 10 over Kevin Lacroix and Gary Clute. Very tight atop the championship standings through about halfway through their season. I love this series, whether it be on short tracks, road courses, uh, or street courses like we're going to see this week in an exhibition place because there's always going to be a lot of contact. Hopefully not any controversy, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was some. Going to be fun once get on Flow Racing. Saturday night, 8 p.m., two to go in the SRX Series for 2022. And this is the first time they hit the dirt. I-55 Raceway in Peavely, Missouri. Kenny Schrader is the local hero. Uh, certainly a longtime dirt racer uh, outside of the NASCAR uh, National Series. He ran for many, many years. I cannot wait to see Kenny get up on the wheel. I-55 is a banked dirt track, almost a bull ring. Uh, when the sprint cars are there, it is fun to watch. I can't imagine what SRX is going to be like out there in uh, Missouri. And he has a lot of laps in these race cars, whether it be on dirt or asphalt. Um, he is one of the test drivers for SRX, both he and David Stremme. In fact, the first guy that I saw when I worked, walked into the pits at Stafford two weeks ago for the SRX event was Ken Schrader. I uh, was there for a full day of testing, and then he jumped in the motorhome and was going to drive back to Missouri that night, uh, back to St. Louis. Um, so obviously he knows I-55 well. He's had a hand in that place for, for a long time. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the local hero Finally got it done in 2022 with uh, Ken Schrader behind the wheel at I-55 this Saturday night. Well, so far, every race, it's been a different winner. So we'll see if we can yeah. keep that trend alive again Saturday, 8 p.m. on CBS. Continuing on the national slate, a big race out in the Hoosier State. One of the tracks I used to go to all the time as a kid, Anderson Speedway, hosting the 56th annual Red Bud 400 ARCA CRA Super Series event. And this thing is stacked between Carson Hosevar uh, is entered, Dalton Armstrong, the defending winner, Kyle Crump, who's won as well. Uh, this is a loaded, talented field. Anderson Speedway, quarter mile bank track. It hosts a little 500 sprint car race, yep. a part of uh, Indy 500 weekend. So uh, certainly going to be a big time auto race uh, out there in the Hoosier State. And I, I think, you know, you got to what you mentioned, Carson Hosevar, momentum on his side right now, running so well. In the truck series, I think he's unofficially, or maybe officially, qualified for the playoffs. He is, yep, just go. locked in at Mid-Ohio. Yep, locked in, uh, going to Pocono next week. So I look for him to be strong. Uh, you know, he needs, uh, after the season that he's had, it looks like he's finally found some good luck, and hopefully that continues into this, uh, this weekend's race. Absolutely. Rounding out kind of the national slate of things to keep an eye on, it is not NASCAR roots, but it is worth mentioning. Those dirt racing fans, King's Royal Week is here Boy, it's already begun. Wednesday was Joker's Wild. By the time this show gets posted on Thursday, we're going to be talking about the preliminary night for the Kings Royal. Kyle Larson, Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, Kings Royal winners as well uh, from last year when we had the doubleheader. $175,000 finale on Saturday. I mean, that is a big chunk of change when it comes to sprint car racing, so pretty cool. I know our partners over at Wing Nation here on Motor Racing Network have been talking about it all week, and they will continue to this weekend. Pretty cool stuff. Kyle, what else is on our calendar here as we get back to kind of roots racing? Yeah, Thursday night. Uh, tonight, as the show is posted, the 43rd annual Vermont Governor's Cup, uh, Thunder Road. Um, a rare, well, I say a rare Thursday night. The Thursday night's a regular event, but a rare big event. They're usually uh, on the weekends. 150 laps of late model action. That'll kick off the race weekend here in New England as everyone looks south to the New Hampshire Motor Speedway on Saturday and Sunday. The entry list will include 
Brad Keselowski, former Cup Series champion. That event will be able to be seen live on Flow as well at Thunder Road Thursday night for the 40, 43rd annual Governor's Cup. A couple other uh, short track events coming up before we get to our weekly list of races on Flow. We have the past Super Late Models. We mentioned them already. They were out at Oxford. They're at White Mountain again this weekend, so continue on there. Double header schedule, though, this weekend, Friday and Saturday for the past Super Late Models. And then the Montana 200, we talked about it last week on the episode. Daniel Dye is entered with not only his crew chief or car owner being two-time Arkowist crew chief Travis Sharp, but then Mark Martin is going to be on top of the pit box for young Daniel Dye. Boy, if you're going to have a legend up there, Mark Martin, not too shabby. So that will be pretty fun to watch. Montana 200, Mission Valley, Super Oval. I wonder what makes it super We'll have to find out. That's Saturday night as well. And then, Kyle, our flow racing lineup is stacked, beginning with Stafford Friday. Cannot wait to be in attendance with you out there. Yeah, Stafford's going to be a great show. 6 o'clock, a little before 6 o'clock, 5.50 Eastern time for our pre-race coverage. Stafford Speedway on Friday night. But then you have throughout the weekend, Berlin, Jennerstown, Bowman Gray, Lacrosse, Fairgrounds, uh, Meridian, Devil's Bowl, Evergreen, South Boston, Oswego, Riverhead. That's just about half of what's going to be on flow this weekend. You have a lot of options, whether you're an asphalt fan, a dirt fan, an NASCAR fan, a USAC fan. Um, there is stuff for everybody on flow racing this weekend. Absolutely. Don't forget about those ultimate late models at Richmond Raceway. Yes, yep. the NASCAR tracks. That's a huge race out there for them. So tons going on. I'm, we're going to try to keep it all buttoned up and try to recap as much as we can next week, but certainly this is one of the busier weeks that we've had uh, in terms of the national slate as well as some of these big events, including, like we mentioned, the Red Bud 400. Hope to have whoever gets that big win as well. And don't forget, Slinger happened on Tuesday, so we'll talk about it all next week as well. All right, Kyle, looking forward to next time I see you. We'll be in 3D in person out at Stafford. Are you ready for me? I, I I think so. I will be by Friday. Don't hesitate. That's fine. You should just lie and just say yes. Yes, I'm ready for it. Okay, perfect. Looking forward to it. For Kyle Ricky, my name is Chris Wilner. Thanks for tuning in. NASCAR Coast to Coast, we check off another week here in the month of July. We'll see you next week where we recap all the action once again on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.